0: Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Hello, Utah Street. Five, four, three, two,
1: one.
0: From inside our two bedroom apartment in downtown Baltimore, it is. The Masson All Access Podcast. Paul Mancano and Brendan Mortensen here with you. As always, from a cold, frigid Baltimore, Maryland, we are not in Sarasota, Florida, though we wish to be. Uh, However, we are going to be talking about all the happenings of Sarasota, Florida. As if we were there. As if we were there. And uh, we will also be later on in this podcast doing a fun little game. Ooh. You know, we like to we like to draft, and this will be better than the bird game that yes. Paul came
1: up with the, the last, last week.
0: Yeah, I mean, it has to be by default because that I game would agree was um, not uh, not the best.
1: No, it was very confusing. It made me do math at a far too early yep. hour.
0: And yeah, granted, like it was like eleven a.m. Yeah,
1: but if I'm doing math at any point
0: before like Two o'clock, it's, it's too early for math. It's a nightmare. Um, yeah. So we are going to be drafting. You know, we like to draft things, and everybody likes to draft like fantasy teams. When in doubt, fantasy draft. When in, dra- when in doubt for coming up with a podcast, this is for anybody who has a podcast, just draft. Just, just take any kind of field. We took pasta, and we drafted it. That we did. Uh, now we actually have something to draft. We're going to be drafting the best Orioles players currently on the team. Now, we are including some guys who are not on the 40-man roster. Um, basically, some guys that we essentially think are going to make the 26-man roster and then a few extra guys. Yeah, it's it's guys that we
1: felt like we would be remiss if they weren't at least yeah. possibilities to be drafted. So it's the higher-profile minor league signings, like Felix Hernandez, Matt Harvey, Wade LeBlanc, and Thomas Eshelman, I yes. believe, are the four that we selected that are eligible to be drafted. But other, other than that, if you are on the Orioles' 40-man roster... You are eligible to be selected. Guys like Adley Rutschman, who are not yet on the 40-man roster, we cannot draft as much as I might
0: like to. And, yeah, uh, unfortunately, we're going to be stuck to the two catchers that are currently on the (laughs) 40-man roster. and We'll get into that in a little bit. But first, Brendan, let's touch on the happenings down in Sarasota, Florida. A couple games now into the spring training slate. Uh, First and foremost, have to talk about Trey Mancini. Have to. Played in his first in the first spring training game of spring and played at first base, got two at bats in and got a single in his first at bat. Yeah. Uh, standing O, of course, for the, the select crowd down at Ed Smith stadium, um, That will pale in comparison, I think, to the standing O that he will get when we get a full stadium full of fans. I don't know when that will be and where it will be exactly. Of course, the Orioles open the regular season at Fenway Park, then they're home a week later. We don't know yet. How many fans are going to be allowed if there are fans back in Baltimore? Where I think wherever this guy goes, he's going to get a standing ovation. Yeah. like I think that all season, we're going to be seeing standing ovations for Trey Mancini in visiting ballparks well-deserved. Yes, and it was funny, too, because he, he downplayed it a little bit, I think, going into
1: spring training. He was talking about that. He felt like the comeback would really be complete when he played the first game of the regular season. But I think once the moment was there and once he got the standing ovation from the fans at Ed Smith stadium, even though it was just a spring training game, I think it probably meant more to him than, than he thought it would. It was probably a rush of emotions of like, wow, I've really gotten back to this point and we're back on a baseball field and playing an actual game against another team. And, and it was so awesome to see
0: just how much it meant to Trey. Yeah, I mean, he said it, it, it meant the world to him, and he was tearing up. And, um, you know, he, of course, took a moment to acknowledge the fans. The umpire, of course, gave him a good amount of time to uh, soak it all in. Yes, thank you and to the Pirates for, for letting that yeah, moment and, happen and, as well. And I, like I said, I think, like, we're going to be seeing this everywhere, and, and we should. And it's just amazing. Like, I, I, after he got that single, I sat there and thought about where he's come in, in a full year and where we were a year ago yeah. at this time. And I remember hearing about the diagnosis and thinking, I wonder if he's ever going to play. Obviously first and foremost, worried about his health and getting right. through this. But then the next question is, is he ever going to play again? Right. And to sit here oh, and on the last, it was the last day of February and he's playing in a game at first base and gets a single in his first at bat was just, um, it was pretty amazing. And I yeah. think, you know, it, it, uh, is something that is going to stir a lot of emotions in terms of in yeah. Orioles fans as well. And if you haven't had a chance yet, if you do have The Athletic, I would go ahead and read the article by Dan Connolly about Trey Mancini yes. and his return. It starts with, at the very beginning of his baseball journey, and it's a series of interviews with all members of his family, his friends, his teammates, coaches... Um, Mo Gabba is actually quoted in this article, and it goes up until obviously today, and it goes through his whole entire battle over the past year. Um, you know, our former coworker Sarah Perlman and her help uh, with Trey in, in terms of getting things, getting him through some things. So it is an incredible article if you have a chance to read it, um, just to kind of get even a better perspective on just how much it, it has taken from him, and just just what an incredible man he is and person because he really is in in our limited dealings. You never really know a player, um, but in our limited dealings with Trey, he has always been a class act. He has always been uh, willing and eager to talk to people, um, to talk to the media. And he's always been from our vantage point, at least a good teammate and a good friend, um, And the article just confirms everything that we knew about Trey. Yeah,
1: and the article is interesting, too, because it didn't start as a Trey Mancini is is overcoming cancer article. The article started as a feature about Trey Mancini, and then obviously the article took quite a 180 there. Yeah, But, yeah, I mean, even from when I started as an intern a few years ago, Trey Mancini was about the (laughs) nicest player that I have met and just really a class guy, and you really couldn't have a, a better player to to come back from all of this and, and a better person, honestly.
0: And I think, uh, something that I can relate to Trey in that article, he talked about taking out his frustration after poor performances. Yeah. Throwing a, uh, $10 bat as far as he could into the woods after a poor game, I think at Marva or Aberdeen. Yeah. Um, he talked about, he hit the top of his car when he was driving home after a bad game. So hard that he broke the light overhead. Uh, that I can relate to. You've seen me after a basketball game, Brendan. Yeah, I get a, I get a, the sore loser. Is the the thing <laughs> I re, that's the only thing Trey and I have in common.
1: Yeah, driven by failure,
0: you and Trey Mancini. <laughs> Trey Mancini. <laughs> The accomplishments not quite the same, uh, but first that is incredible and yes. that is going to be great. Of course, he's not going to be playing in every game. He's a veteran; he's earned the right to stay back for some road trips. Yeah, um, but he will be getting uh, his fair shake during spring training to get him back into action. Other storylines, Brendan. Yes, we don't want to overreact to spring training at all. But That's we're the going last to. thing we want to do. But we're going to do it. Yeah. Uh, DJ Stewart's making this team. I think so. I think DJ Stewart's making this team after that two-run home run. Yeah, he's after. been
1: uh, flashy so far in spring training, and I think there's a pretty good chance. We talked about who we thought might be on the uh, opening day roster last week, and I thought that Ryan McKenna might have a hot spring training and get the edge over DJ Stewart. But I think if Stewart continues to play well in spring training, there is probably no reason that Michael Elias and company won't at least give him one more shot At sticking in the bigs and seeing if he can continue the success that he's had in the plate. We know he's not the best fielder in the world, but even if DJ Stewart is your DH in the 2021 season, I think you would take that. And his spring training so far has certainly indicated that of the outfielders that we've talked about, that might have a chance to make this team on opening day, whether it be Ryan McKenna or a longer shot use Neil Diaz. I think DJ Stewart probably has the leg up going in and continues to yeah. have the leg up if he is playing this
0: well in spring training. Yeah. I mean a good first performance of course in spring from DJ um, getting that two run homer and then also hitting a ball pretty hard that was actually caught. But yes, um, I think it, it, I don't think it's his job to lose per se but I think it is definitely uh, he has the leg up at this point. One guy who I don't think is going to make the team, Brendan, uh, Jorge Lopez. Poor performance the other day, uh, just in one start. But we didn't we thought that he was on the outside looking in to right. begin with. It. Well, and there is also so much pressure on guys like Jorge Lopez, Thomas
1: Eshelman, Bruce Zimmerman, these pitchers that are kind of on the cusp of potentially making the starting rotation, but really need to come out in spring training and have really good performances if they are going to solidify that spot. Because like you said, Paul, they are on the outside looking in already, and they need to continually perform
0: in order to work yeah. their way into the rotation. So it's an uphill battle to start. Yeah, and in terms of the other starting pitchers, I think that we, we're going to see the full uh, gamut of, of starting pitchers that we already saw, the two Rule 5 guys yesterday in that game. I think the pressure in terms of starters, to make the team, to perform well in spring in order to make the team is probably on those Rule 5 guys. Because uh, I think the, you know, Mike Elias' front office, the Brandon Hyde, they've already seen Thomas Eshelman, they've seen Jorge Lopez in action. They really have not seen Max Soroller or Tyler Wells other than video that they've gotten from teams' alternate sites. So they are really getting a fresh look at them, which can be good if they perform well. And both those guys, Wells and Soroller, threw scoreless innings yesterday... Um, but you know the they are on the outside looking in for this team because that 26 man roster does not have too many open spots. Um, but they could make they could carve out a role for themselves if they pitch well enough in spring. Well, and it's easy to look at spring training and and kind of look at it as a
1: tune up especially if you're yeah. looking at some of the better players on the team. Like Ryan Mountcastle is not fighting for a roster spot right now. But spring training, while it might not mean a lot to us because the games don't count for the regular season, it means a lot to these players that are close to making the Major League roster but aren't quite there. I mean, the prospects, obviously, if they don't make the roster, they're going to return back to double AA, A, triple A, wherever they might be. But for somebody like Jorge Lopez or Thomas Eshelman, if they don't make the Orioles roster out of spring training, if they don't really flash in these spring training games, they just might not be on a roster at all because they're
0: probably not finding their way back to the minor leagues. Yeah, and uh, especially for guys like Eshelman who is on a minor league deal, you know, it is easier for the Orioles to stash them in the minors as opposed to if a guy is on the 40-man roster, they would have to remove him from the 40-man roster put him subject to waivers other teams can claim him if he goes unclaimed then he goes back into the the uh, organization at the lower level and right. it would accept a, a an option probably to triple a so for the guys that are on these minor league deals with invites to spring training that includes wade leblanc felix hernandez matt harvey yeah the orioles would have to remove somebody from their 40-man roster in order for these guys to make the team those two Rule 5 guys already have a spot in the 40-man roster. But if they get sent back, that opens up two spots in the 40-man roster. So right. then you start to look at if they do add, or or Fernando Abad. So LeBlanc, Abad, Harvey, uh, Hernandez. Then you start to look at Ashton Gudeau. He's kind of sitting there on the 40-man yep. roster. Probably not going to stick around for a, a whole lot. Uh, and you, you can look at other guys to cut from that 40-man roster.
1: Yeah, the 40-man roster is interesting because, like you said, there are some guys that feel like they probably should be on the 40-man roster or might be on the 40-man roster once the season begins, and then there's some that are kind of weird to be on there like an Ashton Gudeau who we haven't really talked about as a guy who might potentially make an impact in 2021 he still could he's still on the 40-man roster but he's not exactly on our radar in terms of guys that could make a a huge impact for 2021
0: outside looking in yes all right should we get to the draft let's do it let's draft this is going to take a while this is 34 rounds yeah I believe no 17 17 rounds rounds, 34 34 players. players there we go you got it uh we came up with the game. you so think we would know the rules. You would think. But we did this uh, yesterday, kind of yeah. scrambling. Essentially, it is very similar to the all-Oreo Park at Camden Yards draft that we did back in January when there was absolutely nothing to talk about. However, there are two teams here, not three. Sorry, Connor Newcomb. You have been, you've been given the boot. Uh, we are going to be drafting five starting pitchers, three relievers, All-time manager is Brandon Hyde. He's just... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He (laughs) is the manager for both the teams. Just go with it. Uh, And then every position around the diamond and a DH. Yes. Am I forgetting any positions? No, you're not. I think that's it.
1: Uh, We're not drafting like a bench bat. We're not drafting a ton of relievers, frankly,
0: because we're going to run out of players. Yeah. Um, We... So essentially, not everybody on the 40-man roster will be drafted. Um, And... Those four guys that you mentioned, Thomas Eshelman, Wade LeBlanc, Felix Hernandez, and Matt Harvey, four of kind of the preferred spring training invites, the guys that we think could make the big name minor league signings, Yes, um, are included in this as well. Yes. Uh, We did a coin flip yesterday, Yep. which means that you have the first, uh, you won the coin flip, you took the first overall pick. I did. It's a snake order draft. It is. You get the first, the fourth, the fifth pick, I get second and third, and so on and so forth. Indeed. This is going to be tough to follow. Yeah. Much like our game last week, <laughs> just stick with us. If yeah. you're doing other work while listening to this podcast, stop your work, just listen to the podcast. Just focus on our <laughs> podcast. All right. Brendan, yeah. have you thought about who you're taking with this number one overall pick? Paul, I can't think of a thing that
1: I have thought of more than who I am taking with this first overall pick. Wow. It is, look, it's going to really set the course for the rest of the draft. As number where one I picks go. Yeah, <laughs> Number one picks tend to do. Um, we've kind of agreed that there are some tiers of top guys Mm -hmm. and I think I'm going to pull a move similar to your all opacity draft move where there is one top pitcher who is better than the rest. And well, I would like him to be on my team. So with my number one overall pick, I am going to be selecting John means. I figured. Yeah. I, I don't know if John means is necessarily going to be the best Oriole of 2021. I don't know if he will be the most valuable Oriole. However, I think the gap between John Means and the second and third best pitchers on the Orioles is larger than the gap between, say, the best hitter and the second or third best hitter on the Orioles so I think going with John Means first overall solidifies my rotation I've got the ace at the top I think John Means has the potential to have an all-star 2021 season if he pitches the way he did at the end of 2020 we should also probably say Paul that we are drafting this team for the purpose of the team that we think is going to have the best 2021 season not the best team 10 years from now so I'm going with John Means I think he is an all-star caliber
0: starting pitcher, and I want him on my team. That's a good pick because people are saying bold on YouTube. I think it is a bold bold pick because... It is a bold pick, but the reason that you did that, Brendan... Yes. ...is because you put me in a tough spot here. A toughie. With this second overall pick and the third overall pick because now I'm sitting here and thinking, I think there are really two good starters in this draft. Yep. And... You know, the rest of the field, I think the gap between two and three in terms of the starting pitching is pretty wide. Do I have to go pitcher here? That's the question. That's the question. Do I risk getting boxed out of a good starter? Because if I don't go with the starter with either of these picks, you could take the next guy, the next available starter. We're not going to say his name, but I think I know who that guy's going to be. Right. I thought about it. I thought, should I try to build lineup of death? I ended up not going with lineup of death. Okay, I think I'm gonna go here with the back-to-back selections two, three. I'm gonna start with the not the all-star of the 2019 season, but the best I think the best position player of this 2019 season. I'm gonna go with Trey Mancini. Okay, as my second overall pick. Look, if he returns to anywhere near the form that we saw from him in 2019, and given what we saw in that first at bat. I think there's a good chance. Yeah. Trey Mancini is well-deserved of this second overall pick. Yep. I'm going to slot him. For right now, I'll stick him in first base, although depending on how my roster shakes out, we'll see. Yeah. And then as my next pick, Brendan, I cannot get boxed out of starting pitching here. This is Just true. Just can't do it. Can't do it. So is this a reach at the number three overall pick in terms of quality of player? Absolutely. However, I can't afford to have... Keegan Aiken is my ace of my staff. Right. So I'm going to go with Dean Kramer as my number three overall pick. Yep. So I could get slammed for that in terms of taking... You could, but
1: in, there is a very real scenario where I am very mean to you, and if you do not That's take... That's every scenario. Right. Uh, and if you don't take Dean Kramer there, I could take one of the two remaining hitters that are very good, and then Dean Kramer as well, and you're left with Keegan Aiken as your best pitcher if you end up getting him. So I think it's a smart pick here at three. I don't think he will be the third best Oriole this season, but you can't get totally boxed out of starting pitching. So I agree with your pick here, Paul. All right, Brendan, I think I know who you're
0: going with for.
1: Yeah, this leaves me in a pretty easy position with my next two picks, honestly. Uh, Number four, I'm going to take Ryan Mountcastle. Yep, Um, I think he is going to have a fantastic 2021 because if... 2020 showed us anything. It is that Ryan Mountcastle is full of potential, a 333 batting average, 10 extra base hits. I know he's not the best fielder in the world in left field. So for right now, I'll probably stick him at first base. Love that. I'm getting roasted in the comments for taking Kramer already. Go ahead. Yeah. But Hey, if Ryan Mountcastle isn't the best fielder in the world, I suppose I'll just have to take, I don't know, a gold glove finalist with my next pick. Mm. And that'll be Anthony Santander. The 2020 Most valuable Oriole uh, is my pick here at number five overall. I think he is probably the best pure outfielder of the top three hitters. There was pretty clearly a top three of Trey Mancini, Anthony Santander, and Ryan Mountcastle. I'm happy with the two I got. Anthony Santander, a .261 batting average, 11 homers, 32 RBIs, 25 extra base hits last season before getting injured. Yeah. Anthony Santander is my pick here, and I'm pretty
0: comfortable with you, how this is going so far. Yeah, I think you have the better team so far. I think that number one pick. I'm not I'm not gonna make excuses for my team, Brendan. No, go ahead. But I'm gonna some. start to make some excuses. Yeah. I think the number one pick is a, an a, is an ideal spot. Because if I'm if you look at the order of the draft, yes, Dean Kramer is a reach for my spot, and I left you wide open to take Santander and Malcastle right there, which hurts. But you have to take but Kramer. But I had to do I yep. had to take Kramer. The only question is. Which of those three, I think, Mountcastle, Santander, and Mancini do you like the best? And I think if you ask any Orioles fan, they'd have them in three different orders. Yep. Um, because I think that you could see, you could make cases for and against all three of those guys. We right. could see a sophomore slump for Mountcastle. Don't think it's going to happen, but you could see it. Could we see could. Anthony Santander come back down to earth just a little bit. Could, we could see Trey Mancini not get as many days in the field as he would in previous years and could be struggling to come back. Um, but... No matter what, you're gonna have those three guys. No matter as your who top you three position there, players. And I think no matter who you
1: picked between those three, you are getting a really good bat in the middle of the lineup and, and you really couldn't go wrong with any of those three. I'm glad that I didn't have to pick. The best one out of those three, which was also part of my motivation for drafting John Means because I didn't want to be the one to have to select between those three guys. But really, you can't go wrong with those three.
0: All right. Another back-to-back spot for me right here, Brendan. Paul, they're all going to be back-to-back. They're all going to be back-to-back (laughs) from here on out. Uh, I need to take the best shortstop available because I want to leave you in a tough position of having to take Richie Martin or Pat Vileka or maybe... Ramon Urias at yep. that point. So I'm going to go ahead and take Freddie Galvis with my number six overall pick. We're starting to get into kind of the, we're out of the top tier yep. in terms of quality players, right into the middle ground, I mm-hmm. think, for this Orioles roster. Uh, and with my next pick, I do want to get a jump on the outfield. Okay. Um, because I have Trey at first, I have Freddie at short, um, and I want to go with Austin Hayes right here. Yep. Because I can stick him at center, and I can stick him... Um, at in, in either of the corner spots mm-hmm. in left or right and if I didn't take a center fielder here Brendan that would leave you with the potential to take both Austin Hayes and Cedric Mullins and kind of take a, a you know a big bite out of center field there because you could put right. Hayes in left you could put um, Mullins in center and then that would leave me with making a decision between Ryan McKenna Use Neal Diaz, Jamai Jones in center. Right. That's not a position I want to be in. So I'm going to take Austin Hayes for now. I'm going to slot him into center field. Yeah. Freddie Galvis, I think probably had one of the biggest
1: gaps out of anybody in terms of the quality of the starter versus the quality of the backup. Yeah. And uh, Freddie Galvis was a good pick. And then Austin Hayes was probably just the
0: best overall player left available. And people, some people like Cedric Mullins over Austin Hayes at this point, Austin Hayes, I think is a, uh, I, I just would rather have Austin Hayes at this point. I, uh, Cedric Mullins yep. was awesome last year. Going to be hitting just left-handed from now on yep. instead of a switch hitter. Um, however, still has a career war in the negatives. So I'm going to go with Austin Hayes at this point. He has struggled, struggled a little bit with injuries over the course of his career, but yep. I feel good about slotting him in. Brendan. This is an interesting
1: spot for me because I don't want to get boxed out of positions completely. Yep. Um, And with that in mind, I think my next pick here is going to be Yolmer Sanchez. Okay. Uh, Yolmer Sanchez, I'm not sure if I'm going to put him at second base or third base yet Mm -hmm. um, because we'll kind of see how those positions shake out. But I like the versatility that Sanchez brings between either being being able to play second base or third base, I know he's not the best hitter in the world, but he is a fantastic fielder. He won a gold glove at second base, so he might end up there. And then the next player I'm going to take, I think it's a little bit of a reach, but I'm going for the versatility again, and that's going to be Pat Valeka. Wow. I am probably going to end up putting Pat Valeka at shortstop because I think he is a better option than Richie Martin or Ramon Urias to play shortstop. Yep. And I am worried about a scenario where you take Pat Vileka to play a different position. And then I have to either start Richie Martin or Ramon Urias at shortstop, which is not really a position I want to be in. So I'm reaching on Pat yeah. Valleka, but he is better offensively um, than probably you would think. He hit 277 with eight home runs last year. I know he's not fantastic in the field, but he had a war of 0.7 compared to a 0.3 of Freddie Galvis. Yeah last year. So Pat Valeka is going to be my slightly out of position. I got to say
0: that is a, that is a surprise. Yeah. Um, I did not see that coming, Brendan.
1: Yeah. I didn't want to get, I didn't want to get totally boxed out.
0: Yeah. Well, of um, a
1: shortstop position. So
0: I'm going Pat Vileka. All right. Yikes. Because you know what that leaves me with, Brendan, your favorite player. Oh no, don't do it. To I'm going to go Paul. ahead and take Cedric Mullins. as oh, my no. next pick. Well, I had to. He's the best player available at this point. Yeah? I just bashed him. But, <laughs> I mean, now I can stick Cedric Mullins in center. That you could. I can stick Austin Hayes. Let's stick him, I guess, in left. I don't have any other outfielders at this point, do I? No. I have... All I have right now, I have Dean Kramer as my ace. I've got Trey Mancini at first. I've got Freddie at short. I've got Austin Hayes. I'll stick him for the time being. I, did I just say left field? Um. Yes. Yeah. So you can put Austin Hayes in left field and then... He can go right as well if I want him to. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, all right. And then I got Cedric Mullins in center field. Yep. Feeling very good about that. Um, all right. Pretty good. Somebody said Gunnar Henderson. Not uh, <laughs> not going to be drafted in this draft, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, come back in a couple years and maybe. Um, all right. So now I'm sitting on the board and I'm thinking about do I go with the next best um starting pitcher I could and try to build my starting staff that way Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm looking at it and I feel pretty good Yomer Sanchez is off the board Mm, do I yeah I think I because I lost on John Means and Dean Kramer I think is is not a true ace I might have to go with a starter at this point or what other positions could I get boxed out of This is the part of the draft as in everyone.
1: (laughs) Every single draft, there is a moment where Paul Mancano looks at his draft board and says, "Uh uh-oh, yeah, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And we have reached that moment in the draft where I think I have a pretty steady plan
0: going forward. The problem is there aren't too many second basemen. This is true. Yeah, not too many second basemen. Yep. I think I need to gamble on a uh, a position player here. You Brendan. can't take both of my favorite players here, Paul. Who's your other favorite? Oh, could I? You could. That feels a little early at does this point. Does he dare? No. He doesn't dare. I don't dare. He does not. Uh, I am going to go with, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and dare. I'm gonna go ahead and take uh, Jemai Jones. Wow. With the next pick. This hurts my heart. It is, it is a big pick. Yeah, Um, but I need a second baseman. Can't afford to not have a second baseman. The only other option for me was to wait and try to take Richie Martin and make him a second baseman, right? Because he has played second base, not at the major league level, but in the minors. However, I think you're going to take him and make him your shortstop at some point. So I'm going to take. I have Pat at shortstop Oh, you do have Pat Falica. Yeah. All right. I I could have taken Richie Martin for the versatility. I'm going to go with Jemai Jones. Okay. I'm gonna make him my second baseman, Brendan. Well, I am sad. All right, who's who's next for you? There goes my planning. Who is on your roster right now? Goodness, uh, on my
1: roster right now, I have John Means as my ace. I've got Ryan Mountcastle. I have uh, Yolmer Sanchez, Pat Valera, and Anthony Santander. Okay, go ahead. Ooh, Interesting. Okay. Um. So I've got Anthony Santander now. Who's in taking the outfield? <laughs> This has been about five seconds. I need you to take a chill pill over there, Paul. All right. Um, I'm going to go... You took a little bit of a risky pick with Jamai Jones. I'm going to take a little bit of a risky pick as well and take my center fielder, and that's going to be Yusniel Diaz. Whoa, all right. Uh, Yusniel Diaz, I think, will probably end up playing a corner outfield with the Orioles because of Cedric Mullins and Austin Hayes. However, we have heard... Throughout his time in the minors, that Yusniel Diaz is capable of playing any of the three outfield positions. So yeah. I'm pretty comfortable yeah. taking Usniel Diaz as my center fielder. The bat has looked great so far in spring training. I think that he will get a call up to the majors relatively soon. And I wanted to shore up that outfield a little bit. So Usniel Diaz becomes my center fielder. And then, Paul, Yeah, I think I'm going to take Keegan Aiken.
0: Yeah, that's a good pick.
1: As my next starting pitcher. I mean, I've got John Means already, who is uh, the ace of the three pitchers that have been selected so far. It's too early to take a reliever, I think, and it's probably too early to reach on some other starters. So I'm going to take Keegan Aiken as my number two in the starting rotation. And I've got the first and third best pitchers uh, in the Orioles rotation, which I'm pretty happy about. So yeah. Keegan Aiken is
0: my selection here. That's a good pick. Um, I think that that's probably the best pick. He was the other guy I was thinking about. Yeah. Um, and I I didn't take him just because I, I think that, you know, I can field a team, a, a rotation with the guys available. You certainly I don't can. know if I, I can. Yeah. I don't know if I had enough, there were enough guys just at second base for me right. to be able to go there. Yep. All right. Um. Third base is open for me right now. Catcher is open. Uh, I still have an open spot in right field, which is curious. So I could, uh, how's your outfield looking, Brendan? In my outfield right now, I have
1: Neil Diaz in center and then Anthony Santander in right. So yep. I could use a
0: left fielder or I could switch around Santander, put him in left. I don't know. I need yep. a corner outfielder. Yeah, you do. Um, all right. I'm looking at the board right now. This is the part again where I just stall. Yep. Do you want here to talk about go. talk more about your team while I stall here? Let's talk more about my <laughs> team. Um, I think my starters
1: are, are setting me apart so far. I've got both John Means and Keegan Aiken, and then I've just got to fill out the rest of the three, where you have Dean Kramer, who is probably a, a two or three in an ideal Orioles rotation. Then you've got to fill out the rest of the four somehow, And at this point, we're kind of left with the higher profile minor league signings at the starting pitching spot, like Felix Hernandez, Matt Harvey, Thomas Eshelman, Wade LeBlanc, and then uh, some prospects that we could see, like Michael Bauman and Zach Lowther, who are both on the 40-man roster that could come up and have Keegan Aiken-esque seasons this year. So the starting pitching could come down to do you gamble on minor league signings like Felix Hernandez or Matt Harvey that they will show some semblance of the pitchers that they were a few years All right, ago. You can
0: stop stalling. Okay. Thank you. I was running <laughs> out of things to say. All right. Uh, my next pick, uh, I have to go with best player available here. And that is going to put me in a spot where I'm going to take Pedro Severino as my catcher. Okay. Um, that's going to make, essentially, because they're really only two catchers and we made the rule before this draft also that we could not... Yes. We can't box the other person out of catcher and force... Because... So the other person to play Chris Davis.
1: <laughs> the if you were to draft both Pedro Severino and Shan there would be literally no catchers for you to yeah. select. It's not like the all Camden Yards draft where you would have to select a catcher that, that just wasn't very good for a few years. There would yeah. be
0: literally no options available. Yeah. Um, so I feel pretty good about that. And then at third base, no, no, I'm going to wait on third base. He's going to wait on third base. I'm going to take, um, Ooh, should I go with starting rotation? Paul, I stalled (laughs) for like half an hour. All right. Best player available. Once again, Brendan, I'm going to go with Tanner Scott in my bullpen. Yep. Um, so now I have, I, I feel like the best reliever. I think it's, it's debatable. Um, you could, you could probably push back on that if you'd like. But I'm getting a guy who had a sub-2 ERA last year, still pretty young, 25, 26 years old. Um, I'm going to feel good with Tanner Scott in my bullpen. Yeah, Tanner
1: Scott is a solid pick. I think you can make a case that there are some other guys who are close to Tanner Scott. But I think Tanner Scott is probably uh, the best reliever that you could take. I've been waiting on reliever because I think there are so many good relievers and we're only drafting 6 of them. Yeah. So I have felt uh comfortable waiting on reliever and I think honestly I'm still going to wait here with my next two picks. Okay? I think I'm going to <laughs> I think I'm going to fill out third base because I still have that spot open and I'm going to take Rio Ruiz. That's fair. Um, I think there is a case to be made that you could wait and maybe take a Rylan Bannon in that situation, but I'm still holding out hope for Rio Ruiz that that power is going to show up more consistently. He has really good hot stretches and then some really bad cold stretches. If Rio Ruiz can put things together a little bit, I think he could be a solid third baseman. Goodness, words are hard. His defense is already solid. The offense needs to become more consistent So I am banking on that consistency with my selection here with Rio Ruiz. And that finishes out my infield except for catcher. I've got Ryan Mountcastle at first, Yulmer Sanchez at second, Rio Ruiz at third, and Pat Vileka at shortstop. I need three more starters, uh, position players. I need a catcher, a corner outfielder, and a DH. And I need a lot of pitching. So do I think here that the second best reliever is worth taking, or do I put you in a very precarious spot Try to box me out of starters and take another starter? You could. The problem, though, is that I don't know if there is another starter that separates himself enough from the rest of
0: the pack, which makes
1: it very interesting. The
0: starters are going to get interesting right near the end, I'll tell you. Because we have a bunch of prospects here that you could throw in there La- be- remember, Alexander Wells, Zach Lowther, Michael Bauman, all three of those guys are on the 40-man roster. So they are eligible to take here. And we have to yes. have 10 starters. <laughs> yeah. So, who we'll this see.
1: is interesting. Do I go with a corner outfielder? Do I go with a starting pitcher? Do you want me to stall? No, I think, I've, I think I'm going to make my decision here. Okay. And I think that decision here is going to be a player that I have likened to Rio Ruiz, a whole bunch in terms of this being his last shot in the majors. I think I know who this is going to be. And it's going to be DJ Stewart. That's a good pick. I am aboard the DJ Stewart hype train in spring training after a grand total of two spring training games. Yeah. I am now convinced that this is the DJ Stewart redemption tour. Um, I'm going to be putting DJ Stewart in my corner outfield. I'll put him in left because I've got Anthony Santander in right. Yep. And I'm feeling pretty good about my position players at this point, Paul. I've got my outfield completely done now with DJ Stewart using Diaz and Anthony Santon there. I know Stewart might be a bit of a reach at this spot, however, I think he is better than the next outfield alternatives here. So DJ Stewart is my pick. We'll We'll hope and cross our fingers for a DJ Stewart. Resurgence. I think that's a good pick, I think that's a good
0: pick. Now, in terms of my team, I have Dean Kramer in that rotation, and that's it. And in terms of best player available, I could probably take some other guys. However, I cannot afford to get boxed out of pitching, and I know that you're just chomping your. (laughs) I am. I am chomping at the bit. Yeah, I
1: almost did it there, but I think DJ Stewart had to be the pick.
0: Uh, Next up, I have to take. I think is the best starter re- uh, remaining. That's Felix Hernandez. Yep. That's King Felix. Oh, I was. That is close. Future Hall of Famer, King Felix Hernandez. Keep building it up, Paul. Uh, that is Cy Young winner, no hitter thrower, Six-time All-Star six time All Star, six four ERA, Felix Hernandez, six time All Star. Yeah, Felix Hernandez yeah. as my number two starter, and then probably I should probably take another guy here. Um, I don't know how many. I do need to fill a. Corner outfield spot. How many outfielders are left? Paul, you need a third baseman, mm-hmm. you need a right fielder,
1: and you need a DH. Are there any outfielders left? uh There is one outfielder left that you pretty much have to take at some point. I will not be selecting him because then I would totally box you out of outfielders. Wow, thank you. Because um, then you would have to put oh, oh, Trey yes. Mancini okay. in right field and it's going to be the all-defense outfield. I'm not thinking that Trey Mancini is going to play much right field this year, so I Can don't want to... Can you wanna... promise
0: right now that you're not going to box me out? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that feels like a big promise to me. You just said make. you're not going to do it. Okay. I don't want to do it, but will I? But you may. I've
0: done... You have a DH spot open, right? That I do. All right. So I still could take this player. Okay. Um, in terms of starters, though, I want to... I'm going to take a, a... I just took a a veteran here. Yeah. I'm going to take a swing on a young guy. Okay. I'm going to go with Michael Bauman. All right. Next pick so that I have now Dean Kramer, Michael Bauman and Felix Hernandez as uh, my three starting pitchers. I like that pick. All right, Brendan. Yeah. Um, Well, Paul, I'm going to (laughs) go
1: right back to back. If you didn't take Michael Bauman, I probably would have taken Michael Bauman and Zach Lowther in back to back picks. So I'm going to take the other one and that's going to be Zach Lowther as the number three in my rotation. I feel pretty confident that he, Michael Bauman and Zach Lowther...
0: Threw a scoreless inning yesterday. A scoreless...
1: We were joking about it yesterday. About the hardest hit scoreless inning yeah. we have ever seen. He had some hard hit balls. But he was going up against a, a lot of good players on the Phillies. He was in an inning that included Andrew McCutcheon, Gene
0: Segura. Yeah, so. it was It was basically a lot of Philly starters. Yes. Like, and he is probably not going to start neither of these guys. We don't think. Michael Bauman or... Uh, Zach Lowther is going to be on this team to start the year. Right. But we think but they think, will play in 2021. Yes, and I think
1: Bauman and Zach Lowther both have the capability of having Dean Kramer, Keegan Aiken-esque seasons mm-hmm. in 2021. So I like that we're both taking a gamble on those two guys. And I think they are are pretty solid as the number three in both of our rotations. So at this point, I have two more starting pitchers. I have not selected a reliever yet. Mm -hmm. I've still got a catcher and a DH available. I can wait on catcher because you are literally not allowed to draft Chance Cisco. Do I go for a DH? I feel like that's probably a little bit too early to do. Okay. Who? So this is another interesting spot where do I take another starting pitcher or do I take who I think is the best reliever available? And I think after Michael Bauman and Zach Lowther, there is a pretty big, not pretty big, but there is at least a little bit of a drop-off in starting pitching talent. So I think I'm going to go reliever here. Okay. The question is, what reliever do I take? Because there is a bundle of guys that had fantastic seasons last year, and it's really a question of, since we are drafting this team uh, for going ahead in 2021, who do we think is going to continue that success into next season? I think the guy I'm going to go with. Oh, I'm tossing it up in my head between two.
0: Just take one. I'm
1: going to take Cesar Valdez. Oh, okay. I am confident in Cesar Valdez. I love the redemption story. I was tossing up a few relievers. And at the end of the day, I don't think I can go wrong with any of the relievers that I had at the top of my board after Tanner Scott, because I think Tanner Scott is the clear number one guy. And there's a bundle after. So Cesar Valdez is the pick here. He was unbelievable in 2020. Yeah. He had a 1.26 ERA, a whip under .7, seven and a half strikeouts per nine, and a war of one. Cesar Valdez is my selection Somebody as likes my that first pick. relief pitcher.
0: Corey on Facebook saying Valdez is still on the board. Sleeper pick. Thank there you, you Corey. Um, so now we each have one reliever. We each have three starters. Yes. I... Thinking about, hmm, I do have to fill right field and DH. That you do. Um, and I really can't, I, you know, I can't afford to get boxed out there in terms of, so I'm going to go ahead and take Ryan McKenna. Yep. He's, uh, makes the most sense. He's the only outfielder left on the board. Yeah. I think. Ryan McKenna, unless I wanted to move, you Jumai would have Jones. to move, you would have to either move
1: Jemai Jones to center field and then move, at that point, you would have three center fielders with yes. Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Jamai hey, Jones. Defense everywhere. If defense you three, everywhere.
0: If you can have three center fielders in the outfield, yeah. Whereas, I have, good whereas I have zero Speed. true
1: center fielders yes. in my outfield. Or you could have moved Trey Mancini into right field, but all indications are kind of pointing yes. to the fact that Trey Mancini is going to be the Orioles' first baseman. So yeah. Ryan McKenna was was definitely the smart pick there. I don't know if I would have taken him as my DH because he hasn't had the yeah. best hitting numbers in the minor leagues, but you know what? Ryan McKenna's still a solid pick. He's going to be great defensively in right field.
0: Um, and then next up, in terms of a... I mean, I, I really don't know who you're going to take with your DH. Hoo-hoo. Do you have an idea? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> good. Your guess is as good as mine, Great. Paul. All right. Um, then I'm probably going to fill out... Nah, I could take another reliever. Paul, no. would you need me to solve again? No, no, no. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and take um, the only other infielder. I'm just filling positions at this point. The yep. only other infielder, and that's Ryland Bannon. Yep. And I'm going to stick him at third base. He can play both third and second. I'm gonna stick him at third base, where I have Jamai Jones at second, going with a very young yeah. uh second base, third base combo, but I have the Vets and Trey Mancini at first. I have Freddie Galvis at short. Uh that's the Ryan Ryan and Rylan, back-to-back picks. Yeah. Well, I think Rylan Bannon might have been
1: pretty close to the best position players still available. Yeah. I the only question with Rylan Bannon is how soon does he get called up? To the majors. Yeah. That's the question about Ryland Bannon. This leaves me in an interesting spot because I still have that DH open. And then, of course, Chance Cisco will be selected at some point. I don't yeah. need to take him at whenever. Um, Who do I go with here? I could go starting pitcher. I could go reliever. Or I could take a DH. I don't think there is a clear DH available. So that's going to be a wait and see kind of thing. I'm going to take another reliever here, and it's probably just going to be the reliever that I had tossed around before, and that's going to be Paul Fry. Good call. I think uh, Paul Fry I could now. have selected instead of Cesar Valdez with my last pick, but I am pretty confident that Paul Fry is going to have another solid season in 2021. He had a 2.45 ERA and 11.9 strikeouts per nine. Paul Fry was really, really good last year. And I think he will continue to be really, really good in 2021. Man, do I just finish out my bullpen here because I'm not ready to select a starter? Well, Paul, I might. Are you? I think I'm just going to take another reliever here because I don't see a starter that I'm going to select at this pick. And this isn't going to be a guy that had a good 2020 but it's a guy that I think has the potential to have a very I good 2021. Gonna be, yeah. And that's going to be Hunter Harvey. I figured. I think if Hunter Harvey stays healthy, he has the potential to be one of the better relievers on the team. He has the potential to be the Orioles closer. The stuff is there with yeah. Hunter Harvey. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to stay consistent. And I think of the relievers remaining, I am feeling comfortable taking the gamble that we will get a healthy, consistent Hunter Harvey In 2021. I think it's a good gamble to take. Yeah.
0: So that's the gamble I'm taking, and I am done with my relievers. Yeah. So now I can wait on relievers. You can wait on a catcher. Yep. Uh, I think clearly here I have to go with starting pitchers. Right. Um, And the first pick with this starting pitcher, you know, I, I tossed it around in my head, but I think I'm at this point I'm going to go with Thomas Esherman. Okay. Um because he had a 3.89 ERA. Yeah, he was last he was year, good last year. Bouncing back and forth between the um bullpen and the starting rotation. I don't know how many starts he's going to get this year if any. Right. Um however, I think that of the options available, he's probably the best remaining. And then the only other question is which guy do you like of these two? So maybe I wait a bit, but I I if I wait on both of these starters, then you could take either one of these starters. Um, And of course, hmm, yeah, I think... mm, No, I could wait. (laughs) I could wait, Brendan. He could. I could wait on there. Thinking about it? Thinking about it? Still thinking. I could wait. He could. I think I'm going to wait because you have two spots left in your rotation. I have that DH spot open. There really is not... Uh, somebody said, "I hope you're writing this down." <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. I'm trying to. Come I, up with I the, am. I am writing it. The down, lower yes. thirds here, so that I'm trying to figure out. All right, there really are very, very few options left at DH. Yep. Very few. Yep. And the question is, which of these two guys do you want? Yep. Mm. All right. I'm going to go ahead and with that other starter spot. I'm going to take Bruce Zimmerman. Okay. So now I have filled out my rotation. Yes, you have. And uh, I've given you the, your free pick of the final two guys that you would like to take. Well, there. I have a free pick with my starters
1: because you have filled out your starting rotation. I have a free pick at catcher because yep. you have Pedro Severino and you are not allowed to take <laughs> yeah. Chance Cisco. So I could theoretically wait on both starting pitcher to take a DH. and catcher. So here I can just take whatever DH that I feel like. So it's just a question of, well, which <laughs> DH do I feel like? <laughs> this is the ultimate stall, right? There here. aren't a ton of position players left. Yeah. You've got Richie Martin. You've got Tyler Nevin, Ramon Urias, Chris Davis. You took Ryan McKenna. Mm-hmm. And I think for my DH spot, I'm going to take a guy that uh, is underrated and that I am excited about. He is not talked about with the Orioles' top prospects, but oh, yeah. I think he is more exciting than people think, and that's going to be Tyler Nevin. I figured. Recently acquired. Uh, he can play first base or third, so he fits kind of that bigger bat DH role pretty well. In A in 2019, he hit 251 with a 744 OPS, 13 homers, 61 RBIs, and 41 extra base hits. So I think Tyler Nevin has a major league caliber bat. Yeah. And I am comfortable with him at my DH spot. We don't talk about him a lot with the top prospects, and I yeah. think he has a chance to be a pretty solid contributor for the O's in twenty twenty one, whether that's first base, third base, DH, wherever you need him to go. My next pick, I'm just I'm just gonna wait on Chance Cisco because there's no reason to take him, although there's also no reason to take a starting pitcher. There's no, yeah. Just so take- I can take whoever I feel like with any rhyme or reason yep. right now. I'm going to go with Matt Harvey. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. I mean, I am pretty confident with my top three, with John means, Keegan Aiken and Zach Lowther. I think I can afford to take a chance with Matt Harvey as my number four starter and hope that he returns to maybe 2018 form i'm not gonna shoot as high as a 2013 2014 form but matt harvey is my selection here i know he did not have good 2020 stats i'm not going to read them but i think
0: matt harvey uh, if, that would be uh, i'll read them for you 1157 uh, era yeah not fantastic In 2020 numbers for matt
1: harvey yeah. but i'm hoping that he is able to work with the orioles pitching coaches he's able to figure out some things uh, to become a more effective pitcher with that little bit diminished uh, fastball velocity so matt harvey as my number four starter i am totally comfortable with all right
0: so you've taken your two guys yep paul you have uh three selections remaining you need two relievers and a dh so i'm gonna go first reliever travis lakin senior right here all right um had a another guy with a sub four ERA out of the bullpen last year. Yep. And then is my DH. I'm going to take your Ramon Urias. Okay. He is the only other guy available on the 40-man roster. That leaves me with just one relieving reliever spot open. Brendan, you have two picks. Uh,
1: that I do. And I can take Chance Cisco here as my yep. catcher. All right. Um, I did not need to take a catcher after you took Pedro Severino because of our rule. So I could wait on Chancisco until the very last possible moment. But I decided, you know what? I'm going to wait to the second to last very possible moment. And your last pick. So I'm taking Chancisco here. My last, last pick, pick. <laughs> is going to be whatever starter I'm I feel like. I'm just rolling
0: through the end of this.
1: Yeah, you really are. I want to get to these, uh, these rosters. I here. could either go Wade the Block, Jorge Lopez, or Alexander Wells, who I don't think is... Really going to get called has, up anytime time soon. he has
0: like a slight strain, muscle yeah. strain. So and I think that's going yeah.
1: to put Alexander Wells behind. So it's really either LeBlanc or Jorge Lopez. I'm going to go with Wade LeBlanc. Yep, good call. I think I would rather go with the veteran presence of LeBlanc rather than Lopez. Lopez had a shaky outing, not sure if he makes the team. I think LeBlanc has a better chance to make the team. And LeBlanc, of course, he's just a crafty lefty. He is fine with him at my number five starting rotation spot. Paul, you have one reliever remaining. I do. Who's um, it going to be?
0: It's a great question. I'm going to go with Sean Armstrong. Uh, yep. Another guy who had a great ERA last year. I don't know if he'll be able to uh, continue it in his what age 31 season age yeah. 30. Um, but but he had a 1.80 ERA <laughs> yeah. last year. Struggled with injuries. Yeah. If he can stay healthy and it'd be the same Sean Armstrong that we saw in 2020. Um, I think that he will end up being a good pick. So let's run through our rosters real quick, Brendan. Let us do it. You start. My starting rotation I've got
1: John Means, the number one overall pick, Keegan Aiken, Zach Lowther, Matt Harvey, and Wade the Block. In my bullpen, I've got Cesar Valdez, Paul Fry, and Hunter Harvey. My lineup, Chance Sisko at catcher, Ryan Mountcastle, Yomer Sanchez, Rio Ruiz, and Pat Valleca in the infield. The outfield consists of DJ Stewart, Yuzneel Diaz, and Anthony Santander, and my DH,
0: Tyler Nevin. And I'm sorry we don't have a graphic for this just yet because we've been doing this live, but you'll get to see that we'll tweet these out yes. at some point at Paul Mancano, at Brendan Morty. That's right? me. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. My starting rotation. Dean Kramer is my ace. Felix Hernandez, Michael Bauman, Thomas Eshelman, Bruce Zimmerman. My relievers, Tanner Scott, Travis Lakin Sr., Sean Armstrong. Pedro Severino is behind the dish. Trey Mancini at first. Chimai Jones at second. Freddie Galvis at short. Ryland Bannon at third. And in the outfield, going left to right, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, Ryan McKenna. Although all three of them are really center fielders, so stick them anywhere you would Like, yeah, at that point. Uh, and finally, DH Ramon Urias, Brandon Hyde, both our managers. Brandon Hyde is managing both teams, and Michael Elias, both GMs, yes, for this team. Well, weren't we technically the GMs? Yeah, I think we kind of were. I think we kind of were. Who's to say? Um, I'm not gonna lie, I like your team better than <laughs> I like my friend.
1: I, well, Paul, I also like my team better than I like I'm yours. I'm happy if I'm you happy also for you. like my team better than you like Paul's, please let us know in the comments and make Don't fun do of that. Paul. However, if you like my team, Better than you like Brendan. Please make fun of Paul with me in the comments. I would very much appreciate it. Natalie says, uh, Brendan's team wins 8 out of 10 games head to head. She did say Brandon, but I glossed right over that. Um, Brandon's team, which is both of our teams because that's
0: Brandon Hyde. That
1: is Brandon (laughs) Hyde's team, yes. Um, I I, I do like my team. I think the number one pick gave me an advantage with John Means, and then I was able to get both Ryan Mountcastle And Anthony Santander, so that put me on a pretty good foot
0: to start things off. I think the key is that uh, drafts are (laughs) very fun. We can draft literally anything. Give us anything that that, uh, you'd like. We
1: have done the all Camden Yards draft. We just did the Orioles 40-man roster draft. And, of course, our best draft... Was the pasta draft. It was the pasta draft. Yes.
0: Only a three round pasta draft. So, if you have more ideas for fantasy drafts. But if you sign us up know. for our exclusive newsletter, you can get the <laughs> full 27 round pasta draft. Yes. You would not believe my 25th round pick. I'll just say that.
1: Wow. We really took a deep Linguine, dive into pasta. Not taken. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, if right. you have more ideas, let us know. We have already had a couple of really good fan suggestions that we might yes. do over the coming months because we like doing fantasy drafts. They're fun. We hope you enjoy them
0: as well. Uh, like, subscribe, tune in next week. We will be back in a week with more spring training action to break down. Of course, follow him at Brandon Morty on Twitter. I'm at Paul Mancano, and we'll see you next time.